talking to Kevin Matthews, one of the original founders of Extreme Ag, about what he did right, what he did wrong in 2022, and then the lessons he's going to extrapolate from all of those uh, done right, done wrong scenarios in 2022 and put them into 2023 for greater success. We're talking about the crop mix, the machinery decisions, the practices, and of course, the products. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag Cutting the Curve. It's one of those things where a smart person gets to the end of the year. I'm recording this right now at Christmas time and says, hey, looking back here, what we do right, what we do wrong. It's kind of a celebratory thing. It's kind of a uh, self-critique, if you will. And it's also how can we improve next year? So I like to do this myself with my own business. I'm sure you do too, Kevin. What what do you look at 22 and say, man, nailed that one, nailed that one. Pretty happy about that. Going to do that again. What's the, what's your got it right 2022? Oh, shit. I don't know. I, I guess the biggest thing is not doing what we've always done um we you know we moved into the desiccation more and more with our soybeans and um that just speeds us up about four weeks getting that crop out of the field and being able to dodge you know we had in the long-range forecast and, and we are we're you know that forecast things we're doing right we're listening more investing more money in um, good forecast guys to help us um try to make educated decisions on when we're going to plant this field, when we're going to harvest this field, uh, what, you know, what's going to happen when we go into reproduction. Things that we normally didn't think about 10 years ago, you know, focusing on because, you know, the weatherman's always right. He's, you know, 80% chance it's going to rain. If it don't rain, well, I was 20% right. But um, so you, you get hesitant on wanting to invest money in that but it can really be rewarding. And for us this year, we had a nine inch rain in May. We parked the planters. It was really hard sitting there a day when conditions was perfect. But if we had parked the planters when we 75 acres earlier, we would not have to replant that 75 acres. You mean Uh, you parked ahead of the storm? Ahead of the storm, which is very difficult to do. I mean, it's in your brain if you're a farmer, I got to get, you're running a, you're running a hundred miles an hour. Like I'm going to get this field planned before the storms come. And the reality is the uh, planting right into a big storm usually ends up not being a, a big return for you anyway. Right. Yeah. It's bad, especially in uh, in our river bottoms. And uh, really we need that corn to emerge before it gets the first rain on it to get, I mean, that's like your first box. So you check it, it just, when you get that perfect emergence, when you get a rain and there's going to be pockets that water stands, even though we've got land planes and we run tile and put our ADS tile in and different things of that nature. And we love that, but you're still going to have in pockets. So 
you know, focusing on that forecast. Then same way, you know, this fall coming in, it's all like about the third week of November, it was going to set in raining. And I will tell you, though, we got done harvesting soybeans November night. Traditionally in our area, most people want to be done by Thanksgiving. They feel like if they've achieved that, they're right on time. So we almost could have got done October 31st had I made different decisions. That's some of the things I've done wrong that I, I want to address today. Or, or, or get to your wrong. Let's stick with the two that you said that you were right. We're going to stick with yeah. weather. When you say you got it right, you listened to the weather. Like, for instance, you parked the planters earlier, a day ahead. Yep. And a lot of people be like, why the hell wasn't he still out there just planting? You know, what the heck? The storm hasn't come yet. What difference does it make? And you said, because you'd rather have the corn emerge before it gets there. Getting nine inches of rain on top of something that's just planted is end up going to be in a replant anyhow, right? That, that's correct. And we knew the weather forecast coming on the backside of that heavy rain event. We had an excellent 21-day window of have heat and good, pretty weather. Now, that here, crop up and running. now, here's the thing. Everybody in her sister in farming talks about the weather. What? How is it that you think you got it right? You've always listened to it. From the time you were a little kid, you were driving around the truck with your old man. Hey, hey, be quiet. The weather forecast coming on. You've been hearing the weather forever. What'd you do differently in 2022 when it came to, you think you just got better data? Um, you got better forecasting. You got better experience. Now, you know, some of the things that when you were a young gun, you would have not, you would have not parked the players. What's different? Oh, I respected, I respected the weatherman this time. <laughs> that, all the other times, Damien, you start planting and you don't stop till you get rained out. And, well, two um, of our guys, two of our guys, Lee and Kelly, actually pay uh, an annual subscription to a guy that's really kind of out there, weather dude uh, named Simon. Did you do that or did you, how'd you go about getting better we, weather? We get data? one through our lender at Ag Carolina Farm Credit. Uh, they provide us a weather guy that we get to use and, uh, then I'll, if something don't seem right from what he's saying, I'll call Lee and Kelly and say, is, is this sounding right? But I will tell you, I'm leaning more and more towards going the same route those guys have. I've seen the value in it. You just put a figure per acre. And I think it's something we're really going to have to invest in. If you don't think it's important, look what Nutrien did. They hired Eric Snodgrass full time. Yeah. I mean, they're a crop input company and they got a meteorologist working for them full time. And that's so they can see these trends. And Eric is one of the guys that sends the stuff to me. I get it every day. I get a report. And it's pretty interesting. We're watching Argentina right now. We're watching. Sometimes, by the way, Snodgrass is a friend of mine. He's been on my business of agriculture podcast. We cross paths at least once a year at speaking engagements. You sure he's your friend, Damien? What? You sure he's your friend? Come on. Okay. So Snodgrass also, sometimes when he sends out his emails, it's like just, it's funny stuff. Like he put, he likes to put out videos that kind of uh, are shocking and all that. But anyway, you're right. It is important on the weather stuff. And I like Snodgrass. Um, the weather though, you now, you think we're getting better data than maybe when we were kids, you know, driving around, listening to it on the AM farm uh, news. Um, but you're, you're acting on it a little bit better now. And yeah. you're in a hurricane zone. And I want to bring that back to your other thing you did right about desiccation. But before we get into that, do you think the weather impacts you more economically hard than it does, say, somebody in the Midwest? 
Because of the hurricane. I in the Midwest, so I don't want to put myself. Well, you got the hurricane. You got the hurricane effect and that those kinds of things. Is that we do? You know, we get to high heats, um, so we're you know we're trying to avoid the hurricanes on the backside towards harvest season. Um, When we're planting, we're trying to avoid those um, real high heat periods when our corn goes in pollination. Then we're also focusing on uh, you know what weather patterns are going to create cloudier weather so that we don't get good solar radiation on our soybean plants during the reproductive season. It's really become a science when you, you know, when you're, when you're happy growing 40 bushel beans and 125, 150 bushel corn, that's one thing. But when you're trying to average, you know, 70 to 80 bushel acre farm averages, you know, we is at 71 bushels on our soybeans this year, which was a record farm average. And that's over about, um, Damien, I think probably 180 fields, um, small fields, approximately um, less than 10 acres in most of those fields. So we got a lot of border effects. So out in the field, off of that outside round, we're cutting tremendous amounts of 80 to 95 bushel soybeans, 100 bushel soybeans to get a 70 bushel field average because you got a zero where the wildlife eat on the outside sometimes. But yes, um, you know, we're looking at that. There's just so many variables. Then we go to harvest season. And even with the best forecasters out there, we can go and have a beautiful four week forecast. And then 10 days later, have a hurricane coming in on us that you wasn't prepared for, you wasn't expecting. And the wind is tough, but what really gets us, we're at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, so we get all the runoff in this river valley. So the flooding is what gets to be very bad. But on the flip side, you know, the Midwest, they've got their weather challenges as well. Um, We, you know, we got, we kind of got everything here, I guess, except for the, well, we're getting Arctic blast coming in, so I guess we're going to get to deal with that. But it's, it's you know, it'll be gone. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get some some hard cold. Okay, so one of the things you did right in 2022 is you adhered to weather um, advice better and made some decisions that might have not been decisions you'd have made 20 years ago about when to pull off of something, whatever. Uh, another thing you did right, you've been desiccating soybeans. I've been hearing more about desiccation of soybeans since I became a part of extreme ag than I ever had previous to that, but it's because kind of a new thing. Kelly now swears by it. You're into it. The point here is for you, you go out and spray them off. You're not losing yield because they're already, they're already at peak, you know, they're done. It's just that they're not dried down. And so explain what, why that's something you think you did right. First off, how you do it and why you think that's a decision you made right in 2022. Well, our goal is to get those soybeans out as quick as possible and minimize. We, we want as excellent a grain quality as we can, so we want to minimize damage. So what we do is once that bean is physically mature and it, it's the only thing left is dry down, and that's going to occur first in the top third of the plant. And what happens in our human what happens in our human environments is that top third of the plant will dry first and then it takes several weeks for the bottom to get down dry. It just is a slow process. And when you go in and desiccate, you make it all happen at one time. So then, you know, you can spray products on and 
desiccate that plant. 12 days later, you can go in and harvest. That's really important. The, the one thing that we done was we would have two machines picking corn and one cutting soybeans and we'd spray enough for that machine each day. And looking back, we've seen how rapidly the beans were starting to mature. So we stepped it up and just turned the sprayer loose. We do ours with a ground rig, Damien, because we've all, we got small fields and a lot of, a lot of power lines and houses and obstacles. We've already got the tracks in the fields. We're running in the same track. We've been spraying all season long. We're not really creating much more. We pick up about six bushels to seven bushels by doing that versus leaving it in the field. But then the key thing is we're four weeks ahead. We, we It basically moves our harvest up four weeks versus if we let it do a natural process. Fertility 101. Did you know that corn stalks retain up to 80% of the potassium, 40% of the phosphorus, and 30% of the nitrogen that you applied to last year's corn crop? Hey, it's me, Extreme Ag's Damian Mason, host of Cutting the Curve, and I want to help you save money and boost your yields. You know how you can do that? Extract last year's fertility for this year's crop. You know that by applying extract, powered by Accomplish, to your surface crop residue, you'll do just that. You can get extract from your nearest Nutrient Ag Solutions retailer. For more information, contact your local Nutrient Ag Solutions crop consultant. All right, so wait a minute. I know that the advantage of desiccation of soybeans, Kevin, is it buys you time. And it's critically important for you if you think hurricanes are going to come in and make it so you can't harvest. If you buy three, four weeks by nuking your soybeans, then you get in there and combine them. That's Critical. That's the difference between maybe not even getting a crop out. But you just said you also picked up yield. That seems counterintuitive to me. If you're terminating a plant before it terminates naturally, it doesn't seem like that would also make you yield. Explain. Well, the soybean is it is similar to wheat. A lot of people understand wheat. If it gets if it ever gets dry one time, gets wet again, it loses quality and test weight. A soybean loses it as well. Every time it swells and shrinks. It's losing quality. It may not be that obvious at first, but we just got done harvesting for a neighbor yesterday, December 21st. I mean, it has rained here since the second week of, th of November constantly. There's still a tremendous amount of soybeans in the field right now that farmers are trying to get out. And so when we finished in November 9th cutting soybeans, we was averaging anywhere from 58 and a half to 62 pounds on our test weight. Now those soybeans coming in are struggling in the, in the low 50s to 54 pounds. Okay. That's one area. Another thing you pick it up on, Damien, is you're not having any shatter. And we have so much wildlife here. We're not having the pods shatter. And you're getting a very healthy bean. It stores better. Yep. It's got a better oil content. It's just not been out in the weather. Well, so so we're talking about, you said wildlife, which is one that we didn't think about. So you're talking about wildlife damage. Getting it out, getting it harvested sooner prevents wildlife damage. Sh uh, shatter, uh, getting it out sooner prevents shatter. And that's that could be a couple bushels an acre, right? Where it just the, oh, yeah. and to the person that doesn't grow soybeans, I know what shatter is from riding in my friend's combine. Shatter means the, it blows up, right? And it's always yeah, it just pops out on the ground. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, you're going across, you're going across the combine and, and they're hitting the windshield of the combine. And it means, damn it, that means they're not getting in the hopper. And then the other one you said is about test weight. That's one that most people wouldn't have thought of. 
So the issue is if you didn't desiccate and then that soybean plant terminated naturally toward the end, it would begin to go through that thing. Your fall starts to get it to where then you're talking about the weather would make it so that that plant goes through some absorption, some dry down, some absorptions, and it eventually degrades it to where you lose some value. Yeah, lose the quality. And Damien, you got to remember that going back earlier in the podcast, that plant matures from the top down. So that top third of that plant is going to mature first. It's going to dry down first. So in a natural dry down process, these this top, so you know, 33% of your grain out there is ready to harvest. Yep. But then it's got to sit there for two or three weeks waiting on the, the other 66%. So what happens is this top third, that 33%, the quality goes down in it, but yet the quality is perfect down low, but then you mix it in and that's why um, in my opinion, I feel like that's why we see so many 55, 56 pound test weight soybeans is we're leaving them in there. Now the guys in the Delta, Matt and them, they've been doing this for years and uh, they, 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 they got it to an art. You talk about desiccate. They've been doing that. De- de- are you saying that guys like Matt have been doing 55 bushel pound bushel beans or they've been doing No, that? no, no. They're doing better than that. I mean, those guys do a phenomenal job and they're managing, but here's the hurdle they have to deal with. If they they are so hot and humid there, they have to be very careful when they're harvesting because they'll desiccate those beans and get ready. And then a, a front comes in on them, a low pressure system, and it gets cloudy and damp and humid. They can't cut the beans and the soybeans are sitting there and they think they're in the soil, they're ready to sprout. Yeah. Next thing you know, they got sprout damage to deal with. We're a little further north. We can have that issue on our early early season desiccations as well. So we have to watch that weather forecast. But at the end of the day, when you start getting these colder environments, Kelly's doing it a lot more now in Illinois, or in Iowa, excuse me. But um, the more cooler you are at nights, the cooler your days are, the, the actually the better this is going to work because you don't have to worry about that sprouting as bad as you do in the guys down south. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a completely, when Matt was talking about, uh, of course, it would be better to, you know, get your beans out before this hurricane system comes in, because now these things, they're out here just getting waterlogged and thinking it's time to grow. So two things you got right in 2022 is desiccation of soybeans, and uh, and you're going to do more of that in 23. And then the weather being much more, well, first off, getting better weather data, and then also applying it it's one thing to say yep i knew it was going to happen but you're actually applying it so those are two things what'd you get wrong the one of the things we've done wrong this year looking back we um we took and we're going to talk about the desiccation side (laughs) on this ironically as -hmm. good as it was we did make some mistakes Mm -hmm. so what we done we typically are always keeping combines picking corn we won't stop because of the hurricanes on the corn and then we cut soybeans but vampire is such a issue anymore truck drivers is an issue trying to get the logistics everything working yeah so we ended up you know we had a big dryer fire at our main location here uh, right at the beginning of corn harvest so we had to haul the corn down to our eastern facility dry there then haul it back to our western side for storage and 
it becomes such a big deal, but we actually learn from it. So we pulled off for 10 days and put all the combines on soybeans because they was getting ready really fast. And some natural dry down, some with the desiccation and basically the one combine wasn't keeping up at the end of the day. But when we put that whole manpower together, and this is something simple, but you still, you get focused on how you've always done it in that hurricane alley. You don't want to stop on that corn in those river bottoms. Yep. But the moisture was high on the corn. So we pulled in, we put all the machines on there and we cut uh, over a thousand acres there in just a couple of days and then pulled the combine back off and went back to corn. But looking back, I think our better results would be go in at the beginning and spray as hard as we can spray on our desiccation. And the minute they get ready, pull all the machines off, keep our whole fleet together instead of running multiple crews and put everybody on there and focus and knock the soybeans out and then go straight back to the corn, let it dry down a little bit more in the field. That's less propane, less dryer gas, less freight, hauling back and forth, and then go back and put the machines in there and cut a slew of bushels of corn. Just really looking back, it's agriculture's come down to a science now. You're, you're really managing your time, yep. your, your people, your efficiency of your equipment, and we can't get enough help to do everything. Right. So right. that is, to me, I made a mistake not putting all those machines on that soybeans sooner. Had I done that, I think we would have got done about nine days earlier on the soybeans and probably four days earlier on the corn. So good. a global harvest cut earlier with a good so crop. When I asked you what we did wrong, and by the way, most people never admit it. And I like it. I like it, the fact that uh, our, our extreme ag guys, and if I ask them, and I do this a lot, I say, okay, what what'd you get wrong on this? You only learn if you can admit. And it's not like it was a terrible mistake. It's not like you did something because you were lazy or just uh, didn't do the research. It's just you made a decision, and it turns out a decision that you could have maybe improved upon next year. We're talking about manpower. We're talking about fuel and energy, and we're also talking about some timing. So I guess what I'm hearing is, you're going to next year stay with desiccating all the soybeans and keeping you on that. And you're not going to then go from corn to beans to corn back and forth. And you're not going to divide your crowd. So it's a matter of how you are going to improve upon that next year. Go through it again, what you're going to do next year. That is our goal. We got one trump card in here that we got to be careful of is um, if there's a hurricane floating, then we may have to say, okay, the soybeans are going to have to stand in the field. We got to go get this out of the river bottoms. So that's the trump card that we have to manage. It's something in our environment we have to do. That's traditionally why no one would ever take it off. But what we look at, Damien, is the fact that you go and it's how many acres a day, how many bushels a day you can harvest, and what's the best methodology to get that done. And that's where we're going to be focused more. Okay. Um, anything else that you think that you got wrong? And by the way, the labor part of it's tough because you'd say, did you get it wrong? I'm not sure you could. I'm not sure what you do about that. Everybody and her sister out here has a hard time getting manpower. Um, but anything you got wrong that you think, yeah, I'm going to change that next year besides this whole um, timing and management of 
uh, harvest and the people? Yeah, we're actually, so we've been looking at yield maps and trying to see where our biggest yield loss is, what's costing us the most money. And it's very obvious our outside rounds. And we've been, we've been trying to go around these wood lines and rip around the edges and, and do it with a three-point ripper. And then, so we're losing that first, we're already laying off the field edges, you know, 15, 20 feet, because there's no point in planting it. You ain't gonna make no money with it. The trees are gonna suck it up, wildlife's gonna eat it. It's, it's just wasting money. But we got so many small fields, we've actually went in and uh, bought a disc ripper and then a big uh, 9460R tractor, 460 horsepower, uh, eight wheel articulated. And we'll pull that disc ripper, we'll go around the outsides of all these fields and then we have to take a skid steer. <laughs> Damien, we pull so many roots up, it's unreal. It's like a dump truck full of roots. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get them pushed out of the field, but we're focusing on the things that cost us the most yield. And we go back and look and say, okay, what areas have we been doing wrong? And we haven't been focusing on those field borders. We keep wanting to raise the yield and grow a bigger yield, a bigger yield everywhere. But at the bottom line, what's the most acres we farm that's costing us the most money? Mm-hmm. And what we've identified looking at this fall, we've always noted, but this year I said, okay, let's just drill into it and see what kind of percentage we're losing with this. Yeah. And and so you got the same expense around the edges and half the crop. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's half the crop. And that's your largest acres. Yeah. When you got multiple fields, your outside rounds, your biggest acres of the field. And uh, so we're focusing on that. And it's, you know, friend of mine once said, you know, instead of trying to make everything 50% better, let's improve five, 10% every year on something. Yeah. Yeah. The old thing, the old, when people want to make these huge, huge changes, like, you know, it'd be a lot easier and more attainable to do a 5% improvement each year for 10 years than a 50% change in one year. So when you talk about your, one of your things, you, you didn't really get wrong, but something you're going to change next year because those edges, so you can hack them back um you're hacking back the stuff so you don't have to grow in and well, you've been doing that but yeah i mean i got lazy damien i mean i got lazy i just didn't you know it was too much trouble the way we used to do it well let's face it man you know, we had to take 14 dollar beans seven dollar corn yeah of course you got lazy it's easy all right so anything else on the maybe wrong or um not not necessarily ideal this year that you think i'm going to improve upon that next year i got uh, managing the the crew and the time of harvest and using desiccation to help with that. And then I got their field edges. Anything else? Sure they are. If you ask my, ask my daughter, some of them around here, they're <laughs> wrong. But it's, um, we, we really, Damien, I'm very open uh, with my guys and my staff and I surround myself with very smart people. And that really helps because I'm not the smartest one in the, in the crowd. And, I listen to them and I glean from them. And then my my owners and and the members of Extreme Ag, the questions that we get in, I learn so much from those questions and it makes me stand back and look at things differently. Yeah. So it's I know I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm sure I have. The key is identifying those mistakes so that you can improve upon the future. And sometimes it takes someone else to look at it to identify it. But, um, you know, we, we locked in um, all of our interest rates that we might need 
during these low times. Now the rates has went up. So we yep. feel like we've done a good job there. Um, you know, there's just so many variables. The, the one thing we struggle with here is locking in fuel prices. We couldn't, we, we paid one load of highway fuel. I paid $5.60 a gallon for that tanker load. And that's just, it just floored me to have to pay that much money. But yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that. And um, yeah, so, so you can't say that you did anything wrong there. Everybody got, everybody got, gets whacked by the high fuel prices. The thing that you could maybe look at is, is there a way to buy it better or give yourself more timing? But the tough part is a lot of people got caught in a squeeze on that in 2022. Yeah. Uh, all right. Probably hadn't sold enough new crop. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> all right. So there's something you're going to need to Next eat. Next fall we'll have this and I'll tell you if I've done right or wrong on that. All right. So this. This episode will be releasing in early 2023, and then by then, the listener uh, can know that you probably did sell some new crop. What are you most looking forward to? I mean, we're going to release this in early 2023. What are you most looking forward to in 2023? Your last question. Oh, Lord, that's a good one. You know, I, I just, I really enjoy planting that seed and watching it grow, and then just the the pleasure of beating my own, I always want to beat my own personal best. That's, um, that, that's what I'm looking forward to is, uh, and when I say that, I want to, you know, I want to set my highest yield, you know, official yield on corn, soybeans, wheat, but yep. most importantly, that farm average yep. and, uh, and the ROI. I mean, I, I like to see what I can do to make the most money on the farm and, when I do that, then it gives me an opportunity to pass some of those profits on to my help. And we got to give our ladies and, and guys a really good Christmas bonus this past year and uh, for the year-end bonus because we, we was really blessed. And that's that's pretty cool right there. You know, I've never got to write them a bonus for what I wanted to give them, but yep. it's always uh, – that's, that's my goal. That's, I want to be able to – have a problem figuring out how much money I'm going to write uh, in a Christmas bonus because it's going to be so large and causing tax issues. I like it. So uh, the other part of this is uh, uh, when you look forward to the 2023 and you talk about improving your improving your own game, you did okay. Uh, and in case you're listening to this and you're saying, hey, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, he does pretty good, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, your yield National Corn Grower Association uh, released all the winners. You were what number one in North Carolina, and then what was your national? Yeah, I was number one in North Carolina, but it was a terrible yield. I don't see how it got it, but it it, it was first. Well, you know what? It's the old thing, Kevin. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your buddy that can't outrun you, right? And it, it, it's it's the old thing. You, you didn't have to you didn't have to ring the bell for the whole country. You just had to beat everybody else in North Carolina. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we got it. We got some good growers down here. I tell you, they they do it. The heat really hurts some of the areas this year on the corn yields, and uh, but the farmers done a real good job, and really proud of what all of them in the states doing now, and and here on the south, and, and every, you know every area's got the challenges. Whether you're on a steep hill in Iowa with Kelly, or you're fighting a flood in the Delta, or 
or a drought in South Dakota, everywhere's a challenge. And, and I tell you, Chad, he got the heat and drought both this year down there. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah so. he's, 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 he got he got some challenge. All right, his name's Kevin Matthews. He told you what he did right in 2022, what he did wrong. He told you more importantly what he's going to do next year. And the point here is not to be absorbed with what Kevin's doing. It's looking at your own operation. What things did you see in his discussion that you can apply to your own farming operation? Because that's really the the angle here is to help you make a better decision that you can profit from in 2023. And it takes uh, it takes a big man to say, yeah, I was wrong about this. I was wrong about that. But here's what we're going to do to correct it. And I think that's what's really cool because we look at Extreme Ag's uh, forum here as a place for learning and also sharing not just all the, the home runs, but also uh, the, you know, the strikeouts that we had too. Kevin, thanks for being here, buddy. You will appreciate it, Damien. All right. Till next time, it's Cutting the Curve. I'm Damian Mason. Share this with somebody that can benefit from it. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.Farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions. 